Welcome, Screen Blenders. Welcome to episode 83 of the Screen Blend podcast. I am joined for a very close to Christmas episode and joined by Mr. Connor McKenzie and Mr. Wilcutts. How are we? Uh, very good, mate. Very well. Uh, again, Connor, we were hoping you're now back in SA. We were hoping we were able to, to give you a hug and a kiss um, to have so you much. back onto the show, but mm. just gone and had yourself a, a nice COVID test. So, uh, no, no fun for you yeah, there. I feel like a little. Uh, no, not yet. I managed to get one day of sort of a taste of home before I woke up with sniffles and a bit of a cough this morning, so I thought, better do the right thing. Don't want to ruin Christmas for everyone. You've got to get a test. So, waiting, hoping, it's good news soon. Uh, it's, I, I believe you. I believe you're sure you. Yeah. But you're doing the correct thing. And for everyone out there, go get tested. Just go make sure you are all good. Um, yep. Sorry, I'm just turning off my notifications. So, I feel like I never get emails, and then if it's like on the pod, it's just emails, emails, All emails. Coming through. So, I can hear it. Yeah, preferences. Uh, I think I go into my preferences. Uh, but obviously, this week, it's all all about Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, it's so, been, what, a week now since uh, the world got it? Yep. And now it's really time for us to talk about it. Uh, did you, have you guys seen it twice yet or not? No, just the once, actually. Mm. Yeah, very good Christmas present. So uh, we'll go into a bit, we'll go and go into a bit of news first. Uh, there's not much to talk about, and the majority of today is going to be uh, regarding Spider Man. We will tell you from the start though uh, that we still do have some Spider Man double passes available uh, to give away. So go have a look at our social post. I'll update that also. Uh, you can get yourself a double pass there, and also we will be very clear on when spoilers are being talked about. On the podcast, yeah. so uh, don't be scared. But if you if you just listen through, you will be told, and then you can skip to a certain amount uh, yes. of time. So as always, should, should we say like spoilers right from the top, just to be safe? Just yeah, basically, safe. there's going to be if you haven't seen the movie yet, um, or haven't seen any spoilers on TikTok, Reddit, yeah. YouTube, whatever, which is they're in like very high supply of yeah basically by listening to this episode it gives you a chance that you're going to be spoiled so mm. just just be clear um don't then come come hate us after mm. but i think majority of the world has seen it but it's time for good little drum solo there connor uh, I love it. You can't obviously see me at the moment, but you can see Jack as, as we, we Skype in here. Uh, but the first bit of news, uh, it, it was I guess it was sort of at some point like a little bit of a spoiler, but Doctor Strange 2 uh, Multiverse of Madness teaser was released. Uh, originally, uh, the second post credit scene uh, for Spider-Man No Way Home, and I was always intrigued to see how long it was going to take for this to come out. Uh, this first time in the cinema, Connor, again, not really spoiling anything for, for the Spider-Man movie, but... Is this a good teaser trailer for you? Oh, fine, I guess. It kind of lays out what we already pretty much knew about the film. Like, it's just all the main players are there. It's very vague as to, you know, the specifics, which is what a teaser trailer does. But it looks like more Doctor Strange, which I guess is not a bad thing. Um, and it also seems to give us a little bit of a hint that, um, that What If is actually going to play a bit of a part in the live action yep. Marvel stuff. So the animated show might actually be uh, important viewing now. Mm. Right. Jad's thoughts on this, just quickly. Yeah, it looks good. Ashley Olsen's back, and it looks like uh, Rachel McAdams is back as well. So looks like they're pretty much. Did you say you know, Ashley Olsen? And did I say Ashley Olsen? I don't know. <laughs> she did. Wow. <laughs> maybe, it is the mul- maybe it is the maybe multiverse. Maybe it is the multiverse. Maybe you have a few of the Olsen uh, family <laughs> coming in. 
Um, but no, it looks very good. Um, I mean, once again, you know, a lot's happening in the trailer and it's obviously implying something is big is going down with Scarlet Witch and it looks like it's taking pretty much straight after what's happened in in um into the th- after straight after the third Spider-Man is that correct? Connor It's seems like well we'll have to talk about this probably deeper in the spoilers part because mm-hmm. then we'll have to see what the connection is because yeah. the the ending of Spider-Man has raises a few questions that this doesn't really the trailer doesn't really answer yeah. at all. So yeah. we'll have to We'll talk about that a little bit, I think. Exciting. Yeah. Mm. No, it, it, it's exciting. We get those little teasers. It's, it's the perfect teaser trailer. It just gives us snippets of other characters, America Chavez, like all these other ones that we're like, oh, okay, here we go. But I feel like, again... Uh, when, was of, the last time, when was the last time a Marvel film had like a trailer at the end? I'm trying to think because they, they've done it before. Uh, I can't remember when. I'm trying to think. I can't remember many trailers being at the end of a, of a film. No, you're right. There has been one, but that, nothing... Maybe it was like well. Age of... Yeah, a while yeah, back now. Sorry, yeah, mm. you, you were saying. Well. Yeah, no, no, no I, I'm just. I, it was a perfect little teaser trailer. It gives us a little hint of majority of what's going to be coming uh, in the future. So could not really complain there. Uh, next up, boys and girls, uh, Matrix. Revel- uh, is it Revelations? Is that uh, what, no? Yes, it is. The latest. Yeah. Is it Resurrections? What's it called? Resurrections. Yeah. You put Matrix Revelations. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Resurrections. Resurrections. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got some reviews out in the last day or two, and they're not sounding amazing. They're not sounding bad, though. Uh, Jads, can you take us away with this one, with uh, what, what you've been seeing online? As, yeah. as those reviews are making me maybe not go and see this now. Yeah, so a lot of the reviewers out there are saying that it re- relies very much on nostalgia of the very first film that was released back in, I think, 1999 now. Uh, and there's not really anything to recreate the wheel here. It's just leaning back on that original movie, and it falls flat. There's very not many good reviews. Um, some people think it's fantastic, whereas others think, uh, yeah. So some people have said from uh, Common Sense uh, Media, they said the finale is has very heavy violence, but a really weak script all up. Uh, and then other film critics just say some of the stuff is just cheesy, um, and it's cheesy in dozens of cheaper, less cultish films. Uh, and yeah, people say it's got an amazing opening, but from there, it just has falls into un- uninteresting fight scenes and unnecessary visual effects. So okay. yeah, pretty pretty poor reviews, to be honest. Of what's something I was looking forward to all year for. So does this change your mind, Connor? No, not really. I was kind of. The trailers for this never really sat or never really excited me for some reason. Like, it always just looked a little bit off, mm-hmm. something about it. And so I think I'm not entirely surprised that this is sort of mm. the reviews it's getting. I thought it maybe like sixes and sevens around the board, but I saw you know, IGN get like a four out of ten, which not great. Yeah, so, right now it's yeah, that, on the fence about mm, seeing this one. Yeah, yeah, sitting, yeah, very, very low scoring. So uh, I, I hope to, when you know it's released in Australia uh, on Boxing Day, you know, I'll be very keen to see it and get my own opinion because, you know, my, I read, you know, certain reviews who have given it an 8 out of 10. Yeah. But uh, I think uh, the majority, yeah, it's just very disappointing. Mm. Okay. I saw one of you say it was the best Matrix sequel, but I don't know if that's high praise or not. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's not really high praise. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> it's a start. It's a starting point. If it's been reloaded, then I think that's a good yeah. start because I personally love reloaded as a film. 
so I, I, I'm going to guess I'm going to enjoy it, but we'll have to find out in a few, a few days' time. Yeah, uh, it's probably off my list right now. Uh, next, sadly, John Wick 4 has been delayed to 2023. Um, what When you just told me just before, Jack, and we added it to the news, I was severely disappointed. Uh, part of the Keanu Renaissance, this is something that I was obviously so excited for. Now, it, do they give us any reason or it's just not finished yet and they're just pushing it back for other scheduling stuff? Um, so it has finished filming, yeah. um, but with COVID slowly um, breaking out again in certain parts of the world, UK, potentially the United States as well, uh, they're just being on the safe side and yeah. they've pushed it back to a March release date of yeah. 2023, yeah. whereas originally it was going to be a um, May 2022. Okay, so we'll probably end up seeing a bit more of this in the next couple of weeks, depending on what's going on. Uh, we will be talking about the Spider-Man box office, what sort of goes against this at the start of Spider-Man chat. Uh, but obviously disappointed in this one, Con? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm not, I know I'm not as big a John Wick fan as you are, Will, and hard to find right. someone who is, but uh, you know, I think it's just idle business, right? It is quite a long delay, though, which is surprising, but we'll get it when we get it, and it'll be good, I'm sure. Yeah, mm, but yeah, still 10 months that my, you know, my heart felt like it was being stabbed when yeah. I read that news, so yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, not not the best. Uh, we'll move straight on. Like again, not a huge amount of news. A, a lot of the news this week is sort of relating to what has happened in Spider Man. A lot of Hawkeye stuff is is connected with that. So we're looking towards now Spider-Man No Way Home. So we're going to break this down, as we said at the start of the show, and Connor sort of uh, really push down everyone's throat. What's good is there will be spoilers. Uh, if you haven't seen it, just go out and see it. But if you do want to listen. Be expected that you may be spoiled even a little bit before they even we say it's mm. spoiler time. Um, majority of what we'll talk about at the start is from the trailers, and a lot of like. But then we'll go. We'll probably talk a little bit about that, and then it's so much easier to talk about this film once we can get fully fully spoils uh, spoilers there. Mm. First, I want to talk about boys though. Is this is now the second highest grossing opening weekend of all time? Huge. Uh, globally, when you think about that pandemic world. Let's remove Endgame nearly sometimes because, uh, Jack, I know you're a massive fan of maths, but it was a (laughs) – like Endgame is the massive outlier of this whole – like Endgame was never going to be beaten, I don't think, Uh, that opening weekend of people seeing it three or four times and having no chance and making $1.2 billion, what some films can only dream of. So were you guys expecting this at all when the numbers started coming in? Can you see why it is now the second highest grossing opening weekend of all time, Jads? Uh, yes, I can. But uh, I, I think we always kind of thought this would definitely be the highest-grossing film of this year, yeah. uh, hands down. But the fact that it's just come under Endgame is massive, absolutely massive. Um, I'm just glad we saw it when we did, Will, um, yeah. you know, as well before um, all the spoilers. You know you see a movie early when you jump on Reddit and there's nothing else about the movie yeah. on there, just still rumours, and you sit there and you think, I've seen this before and everyone else. And yeah. you're slowly feeding in, you're actually the one spoiling it on Reddit, yeah. and everyone doesn't believe you, and you yeah. think, well, I have seen it, yeah. so it sucked in. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but no, um, but yeah, sorry, Connor, you go on. No, I was, I'm not shocked at all. I think it's 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 a cool reminder that of the how just how big a character Spider Man is, like across generations. I think mean, he's arguably one of the most recognizable superheroes of all time. And even though recently it's in the MCU, at least, it's felt like he's, he's sort of taken a little bit of a backseat to the yeah. other big characters. When you get a film that's, you know, looking back at the last 10 years of Spider-Man films that we have in time this all together, it crosses generations. The appeal's there for everyone. So, you know, I can, it's already the fourth highest grossing film of the year. 
which is nuts. It's only been out a week. Um, so it's easily going to crack the number one. And I can only imagine how much more interest there'll be in this when, like, give it two weeks and they'll start marketing the really spoilery stuff. stuff yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm. They're going to give people a bit of time and then they'll start pulling out the big guns, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And I think that'll get even more people involved who maybe weren't across it already. And yeah, it's just, this character is timeless. And I think it's, this film especially is just like a celebration of that as well. Mm. I think you've nailed it completely on the head there, mate. I think like, I- Generally, it shows when we went to the premiere last this time last week. Uh, oh no, to, yeah, yeah, Tuesday, Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday last week, and you just see the, the culturally a different group of people. Like, there's so many different types of people from different walks of life. Mm. You've got uh, inverted commas. What's not like, but you'd have your your people who would say they're self-confessed nerds, and then you had a lot of like business people, and you had all, all these different types of walks of life, different ethnicities. Where Spider-Man mm. is, is that sort of connective tissue mm. and it's like... Brings people together, together it's yeah. nice. And um, again, thank you to, to Sony Pictures Australia for allowing us to, to come on that premiere, what was great. Um, so no, I think guys, we'll, we'll sort of get into it. We're talking non-spoilers though. Um, Jads, can you give me a rough non-spoiler idea of sort of what, the, what this movie is about? Um, oh, oh. Um, well, it's continuing on <laughs> from Spider-Man Far From Home yeah. and... Um, uh, once again, spoilers for the second Spider-Man if you haven't seen it. Yeah, oh. uh, but the very end, uh, Mysterio, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, ruins uh, Peter Parker's identity or Spider-Man's identity by revealing that he is Peter Parker in the middle of Times Square. And the movie is a direct continuation of that without giving too, many, too much there. Yeah. And it's essentially about Peter Parker recovering, trying to recover his life back because now he's a huge celebrity. Uh, people are abusing him and his life will probably never be the same from this point. Um, so he goes, you can once again see this in the trailer, he goes to the help from Doctor Strange to see if he can reverse uh, people's knowledge of what, who he is. So from that though, his biggest thing, and it can't uh, chime in here too, is the reason why he's going to Doctor from the trailers, that seems like what it's about. Mm. It's also the fact that he wants to go to college and he gets mm. in and the other two don't. This is not a spoiler, it's in, in the start of the film. Anyway, like, but that's what creates this whole mm. uh, movement of how the movie sort of gets started. Were, were you happy with, I think we've always talked about in the MCU that majority of the people, actually their identities are out there. Mm. Like you guys, where are you up to in Hawkeye, Con? I'm done. You're done, yeah. So it's like when you get that, I think, episode five, like the last one where, um, yeah, Hawkeye goes to the memorial in New York and it's like everyone's actual name is there. Everyone knows who they are. They might have their nickname, what's their, their sort of mantra, but everyone's like civilian name is known. Everyone knows who these people are. Mm. It just seems like this, like for Spider-Man, it's because in the end, if they went with that just completely, I feel like, People would be like, "Well, that's everyone else knows them." So I think mm. maybe it's the pushing of the college thing. What I thought was was quite Peter interesting. Peter Park has a character is a lot more ingrained into society. You know, he does have a bit yeah. more of a life than, yeah. say, Captain America, who came out of the forties, or yeah. Iron Man, who's a millionaire, doesn't yeah. need to really go out, get a job, yeah. go to college. Whereas being a superhero yeah. impacts Peter Parker on a much bigger scale. Yeah. In my oh yeah, I think the thing is, yeah, the thing is, majority of characters though, everyone knows who they are, and I think that's mm. the hardest thing um, going forward, especially with. With this now, so um, next guys, did it live at the start? Oh, we'll leave this later. The, did it live up to the height? Um, with with the start of the film, we start seeing these villains returning, and, and I think the idea—I don't know if you saw the interview—they were trying to hide this for majority of it, and I think they tried to do this without 
but I know that was nearly going to be impossible. But with the returning uh, villains, we've got Doc Ock, Green Goblin, Electro Sandman and Lizard, all, all shown in the trailers. Uh, when this sort of started to come through at the start of the film, excited? Like, Did you like them from, from the start? We see Doc Ock's first fight. Was, was that good? Thoughts? Con? Yeah, it's just... It's just a blast from the past. It's, yeah. If you have seen all these old movies, it's, a, it's just a wave of nostalgia this entire time. Like, you know, like every time one of these villains popped up, I only had a smile on my face. And there's yeah. all these little references to the original films. And they're very much in line with the characters from those classic films. Like, I know me in particular, I think, was <clears throat> wondering whether these were going to be the exact versions yeah. from those original franchises or whether they'd be new spins on it. No, they're the originals, the classics, Alfred Molina. Willem Dafoe just back at it again. Um, and I think they really build on the characters really well. They actually spend enough time on these characters to give them a whole sort of arc in the story. Some of them obviously get more time than others, but it all makes sense and it all fits really well in the world. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Jads, who is your favourite of them? Um, from, well, from just well, I watched a lot of trailers, so seeing them, the, I wish I didn't watch any of the trailers because yeah. I would have seen and been so much happy to see yeah. all these villains come back. But I think Spider Man Two um, yeah. from two thousand four is my favorite, so I couldn't get over seeing uh, was it Melina uh, yeah. back as Doc Ock for the first time. Uh, just gave me some goosebumps because yeah. they, when the villains come on, they do play a bit of their original kind of song or theme that is yeah. associated from their original movie. And uh, just hearing that for each character gave me goosebumps. Yeah. It was nice. Yeah. Nah, perfect. I think this is, boys, uh, where are you at with this now and the fact that I feel like we can't really talk about much else <laughs> unless we sort of go spoilery? Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I mean, we could give our sort of general overall review. thoughts yeah. before yeah. we dive in. Yeah, yeah. Con, give us your overall thoughts. I loved it. I think, yeah. I think you can sort of tell from what we've been saying already that this is, if you're a fan of Spider-Man, you will love this movie. But more than that, I think it's also... It's a movie that sort of it really redefines the character in the in the Marvel franchise, and also is just like spot on to the classic. How am I saying this? It just does. It's a, like a really good interpretation of Peter Parker and his struggles with Spider Man, and I yeah. think it nails that 100. percent I think that's the main thing it had to do, and everything else is just sort of helping to build on that on the character that we've got now. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a, it's a love letter to Spider Man more so I guess no. previous the you know the previous five films that have come before this as well, and uh, I think it's just it's just really good to see and I think uh, it pushes for the future it pushes uh, Spider Man to exciting and new directions as well I think you try not to think about too much about certain plot elements because a lot some of it's not necessarily explained uh, but all up I absolutely loved it and yes it might be one of my or if not, the, my favourite of the MCU films. MCU Spider-Man or MCU films? MCU Spider-Man. Okay. And maybe MCU films. Who knows? No, I think, yeah. Like you said, love letter. Uh, just an enjoyable... Uh, I think the hardest thing over the last couple of years is is missing out on those enjoyable theatre moments. Um, and I feel like this was just one of the best theatre moments that we could have had in a, in a very long time. The cheers, the laughs, the crying... Uh, without spoiling anything, was 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 a great time to be had, and I've seen it twice now. And even like you were saying, Connor, it puts a smile on your face. I was, I, I don't know if there was a little bits of tears, but there was little bits of like still like fist pumping, like <laughs> myself, like this is still great, like this is this is excellent um, stuff going forward, and I, and I couldn't be happier that they actually got to achieve this. And, and I'm sure at some point they sit in an office trying to go, oh, we could maybe do this, and they go, oh, no way, and mm. they they did it. 
and you sit back and you go, these guys are very creative, guys and girls, uh, very creative, talented to workers to produce what really is probably the best fan service in a very long time up there with Endgame. And it deserves, pardon me, deserves all the uh, the money it's making right now. And I can see why Sony in the end never would have, I'm sure Disney went to them with a lot of money uh, at some point to buy all these characters. But this is clearly Sony's big uh Big project is it, and is it already Sony's biggest film? Yeah, Sony's biggest film of all time. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And then the great irony is everyone they've done that's made a lot of money has basically been made by Marvel. So maybe keep just Marvel doing it and Sony can just make the money off it basically and Marvel can be the ones who are basically yeah, putting I'm the happy money. with that. Yeah. Oh, I'm happy with that too, because if they give us another Venom uh yeah. with a Spider Man in it, I'm, I'm a big no from me. Uh so we're gonna move into spoilers now, everyone. So we're hitting about the twenty minute mark of the episode and spoilers will be from now. So pause, go watch the movie, uh come back and listen from here. So what's the actual plot of the movie, Connor? Um well, I guess the big, so as Jack was saying, Spider-Man's out and Sydney yeah. identity, everyone knows who he is. Uh, but I think the interesting part is that Peter Parker goes to Doctor Strange not to not to save himself, really. He's doing a very Peter Parker thing and that he's actually going to, he wants to, everyone to forget so his friends can get into college. Yeah. Mm. That's the gist, that's, the, that's basically the gist of it. It's not Peter Parker trying to save himself, no. he's trying to save everyone around him, which is very much a classic Peter Parker problem, you know, and I love that. Um that it spirals out of control. We know the villains turn up and everything. Um, but then, see, I, let's talk about the big twist. This is the biggest twist for me. Yeah. So everything else we kind of knew about, right? They killed Aunt May. Oh, you're going early. Oh, oh, all right. Oh, fuck, you're going early. Yeah, yeah. So I just want to drop a bomb. I'm going to get out of the way early because I think this is actually, this is probably one of the best parts of the film for me. Yeah. And I think, like, really well done, really smartly done as well. Yeah. But it's also, like, this is the Spider-Man PS4 game. Yeah. Spoilers again by that. Also killed Aunt May. Yeah. So they're just killing Aunt May's left, right, and center now, which yeah. I find kind of funny. But yeah, it's just, it, it takes that, you know, the classic Uncle Ben origin story, flips it on its head and makes it really work for this character. Yeah. Um, and from that rock bottom, we get, that's where everything starts to spiral. Yeah. We get, uh, should I just go full out? Well, I, I, I think so. I, I kind of want to, before we get into those guys, I kind of want to go through the start, the, the spoilers at the start of the film a little bit more. Before, like, because sure, I think sorry. that's going to take the majority of it. I'm excited to talk about them now, but I think, I don't know if we'll, mi- we'll miss anything. But so by opening up the multiverse essentially by incorrectly uh, destroying Doctor Strange's spell, he's. Um, these villains start to return. So by then him going, oh, well, I got to go get everyone into MIT now, he meets Doc Ock and they have their fight and. Basically, the idea is Spider-Man's not trying to kill them. He's trying to capture them. And then Doctor Strange wants to send them back. Mm. So these villains, it's go and capture them, bring them back, and then we'll send them uh, send them back to their, their normal uh, universe, essentially. But through this, it's sort of worked out that these characters have been pulled into this the current MCU timeline just before they die. And that literally their... Uh, their fate is to be killed indirectly or directly by, I guess it's basically indirectly by Spider-Man. And this creates the moral dilemma first we get of sort of what I think they were originally trying to portray was like a civil war between Doctor Strange who's doing the right thing. We have the multiverse at, um, at stake here that if you continue to do this, not just five characters, hundreds of thousands could come through and and destroy the universe. But 
what did you make of this sort of the moral debate? Whose side were you on? Because this is like you were saying before, Con, the internal problem like Spider-Man has is he's always trying to do good and he's trying to work a way around this. So he's like, well, I can't kill these people. Like if I send them back, they're going to die. Um, so for me, I found this really interesting is that sort of fight that they then get into. But uh, Doctor Strange doesn't actually show up as much as we thought. So Judd's what like that sort of clash they had. What was your thoughts? Um, yeah, the clash was good, and I can see why they did that in a lot of the trailers as well. Because really, after that moment, you know, it goes straight into spoiler territory. Um, and I think uh, in saying the villains die, you know, right before they came into this new universe, there's a few plot holes regarding that, isn't there? Because I get the idea that Peter Parker is trying to help these villains, you know, and save them when they go back to their retrospective universes. But at the same time, they're about to die, and he. He saves them and he obviously, you know, at the end of the day, he cures them from all their you know, ailments and all that and they're all better. But if they go back directly to that point where they're about to die, he ain't doing much. Well, I think, That's my question. I, I, I don't know if they try and I think I at some really point they've... They? I, I don't know. I think some people are saying they send them back to another... I don't know if it creates another branch or something, but they're saying mm. they send them back a bit before or, or they send them back in... Pre- I don't know. I think that stops mm. that them dying, uh, I think, in the end. I don't know. Okay, okay. Well, let's just say that's the case because if you think too hard, that's yeah. probably the what I just said is the, kind yeah. of the point you're going to make. Yeah. Um, but I really liked it. Once again, kind of it shows you know Peter Parker's empathetic side. You know, just trying to help not just not just his friends, but these people he's never met before. And you know, he, uh, he slowly helps them. I think the biggest part for me was watching him rebuild the chip that uh, that broke um, from Doc Ock's back yeah. from his back part of his neck. Um, and which helped him regain control of his arms. Yeah. And after seeing um, Melina go back to that character, he was at the very first part of the original Spider-Man 2, uh, was just just a lovely throwback. And it was good to have uh, a villain that you now know is no longer the villain you know, in, yeah. as part of this universe. I, I think for me, because I, I want to go into to talk about, obviously, the big reveals at the end, but... Uh, there was a lot of this film that obviously we don't get in in the trailers, but like that, I thought was a cool scene after they're all captured and then Spidey uh, defeats Doctor Strange in the mirror dimension, essentially just trapping him for a bit of time, mm. and they go to Happy's like apartment. Like I thought that was something. Like again, we never saw that coming uh, before. Obviously, this uh, mm. where Aunt May dies, but I'm like, this is like a cool. Like sort of like concept of what's going on. Again, we get a MacGuffin that means everything can be created, and and, and Peter's like a genius, but that's just what has to be done to move this, the story forward. But I didn't, wasn't expecting that. And that's sort of how all those sort of five, six, seven characters are playing off each other in just uh, apartment building was actually just really interesting filmmaking and movie making. And as a fan, I'm sitting there and like, well, Electro's just chatting with Sandman about life. And I'm like, mm. well, I wasn't expecting this to happen. Like, no. Con? Yeah, they're far more than just like gratuitous cameos. These are like fully-fledged characters that have thoughts and feelings on what's going on. And I think that's the best thing they could have done with this. You know, they could have had Electro pop in for two minutes and then he gets zapped and whatever, sent back to his home dimension. But no, they actually, you know, they go through the process of, like, him explaining, like, no, I want it. This is why I like these powers. This is why I don't want to go back. And they sort of go through that for pretty much everyone. Um, So, you know, they spend time to actually give these guys a reason, give them a personality. And I think even if you haven't seen the original films, you might still like, obviously you're not going to get as much out of it, but you're still going to have, you know, you're going to build a relationship with these characters. You're going to see their sort of story laid out in if you don't know all the details. 
Yeah, with a few nice jokes added in as well. I laughed quite a few times. Just, I guess, getting some of the banter from the villains. It, the, absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Um, but my question to you as well, just in tour while we're on the five main villains of this film, did you like the fact that Sandman and Lizard were not their, in their human forms for a majority of the film? Well, that must have been a scheduling thing, right? Yeah. Like I was that, that was my big question with Sandman because... In the in Spider Man three, he's pretty much always in his human form normally. Mm. Whereas this, he's like a he's a walking lump of sand yeah. Yeah. until right at the end. And I think it must have just have been a scheduling thing. It's just the reality of the business. I think I, mean, I didn't mind it. I thought it was a little bit weird, and I, but I got used to it. Yet. Mm. Um, yeah, and yeah. it was due to schedule. I did, I did actually look it up because well, it was bothering me. Um, I think at the end, sorry, yeah. they use old footage of them, so they're actually not in the film whatsoever, and no. they just use the, they old just get them to dub Spider Man three. Yeah, they just, Spider-Man. they're really? just dubbing it. Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's the same with um the with um Sam the lizard. Man. No, with the oh, lizard, yeah. it's the same. I think it's just footage from. It's just reshot, recut mm. footage. There's side There's by CGI. side comparisons. Yeah. You can easily tell that yeah. uh, they just used the exact same footage from Sandman when he originally, yeah. I think, gained. You've got to yeah. keep up with TikTok, Connor. Um, when he originally uh, regained his hand, Spider Man 3, they just took the exact same frame and uh, put it into uh, the end part of the movie. Mm. Right, there you go. Um, well, Crafty filmmaking. I didn't even notice. There yeah. yeah, there you go. Neither did I until I looked it up. So, so uh, from, from here, though, I want to just also talk about it, it came out a couple of weeks ago. Were you happy? Uh, it was very early on in the film, the Daredevil cameo. So, we obviously get Charlie Cox coming back uh, as Matt Murdock. And, and we get it. It's, it's a one minute scene, if that, mm. uh, where, again, Peter's like cleared, so everything's all fine. But that was Did you enjoy that little moment? We're all obviously fans of the, the show, uh, Jads. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, once again, it was similar to what we're going to talk about in a minute. We were kind of expecting it, and there was a few leaks as well a couple of weeks up to it, yeah. um, which we discussed in the podcast as well, um, with a picture of Matt Murdock sitting at the table with Happy yeah. and Aunt May and uh, Peter Parker. Um, and it turned out true. I was excited. I think it was one of those things you're like, oh, he's going to show up any second now. And he did, yeah. and I was hoping to have a bit more than the 30 seconds with him, but it was enough uh, for Charlie Cox to crack it. Quick joke yeah. and move on. It's more just for the reveal to say he's in this universe Listen. now and we're moving forward with it, yeah. but we've got to go on with Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. No, I thought it was good. Finally got that, uh, what we were all, pardon me, wanting. So uh, as you were talking before, Con, the big reveal, uh, one of them, the Aunt May does die, that sort of scene where uh, Peter's slowly getting to help these characters. So as you said before, Jack, he's, he sort of healed Doc Ock. He's basically created something to heal Electro, and then he has problems with that. And then we see Green Goblin, and, and you can just tell here, like, so much, they're having so much fun. And he turns into the Goblin again, and it's sort of like, well, if we thought he was healed, and now he's proper proper Green Goblin, and then this fight sort of starts to uh, ensue there. And, and I love the fact that Doc Ock is trying to help at the same point, like he's on their side. Um, he's sort of like redeemed. He's a good guy now. And then he gets sort of beaten up. But Spider-Man's getting destroyed in this. Like this is his first time. He's actually getting like, he's getting his ass handed to. Mm. Like that's a strong fight. Yeah, it's a great scene. And I love that it's, I love that it's the Green Goblin who's like the, um, like the, arguably the key villain in this film. Like I think it's just, because he's always been considered Spider-Man's greatest villain. I think this like, especially Willem Dafoe, like he really delivers on the performance here. Just like, and it's a brutal scene. It's like throwing them through walls and everything. They smash it through floors in the apartment building. It's, yeah. it's really well done. And I think, yeah, the performances in, it, in that scene are just great. Like Willem Dafoe just switches like that and goes back yeah. into goblin mode. And it's actually it's kind of scary. Mm. Yeah. It's a, um, 
it's one of those interesting ones because it's like they you never really know his like full power, like what he has. Like he's strong, but you never know he's like that, like super soldier style, like like mm. strong there. But I think even some of the hand to hand combat on that, like it wasn't a lot of Spider Man actually. Like there was a bit of web action, but it was a lot of actual just hand to hand sort of not Daredevil style like hallway fights. Mm. But he's jumping, he's bouncing around like the sort of the the small areas. Mm. Um, but then, yeah, you get a bit of Electro, you get a bit of Sandman there, you get a bit of Lizard, and Spidey's just getting handed to him. And then the moment where Aunt May does uh, sadly die, I'm still like, oh, is she getting away with this? Like, but it just shows again. Yeah. Like, Spidey's like, never come up. Sorry. They fake you out a little bit there. Yeah. Sorry. No, but yes. Yeah, like, no. They, yeah. they fake you out a little bit. They give you a bit of hope that she's going to make it out. They, yeah. you know, they sort of set it up as a cl- another goblin. Yeah. Killing, like in the original film, and they, but then they go, "Oh no, she's fine. Don't worry about it." And then, and then it becomes super sad. Yeah, like in the end, I think Spidey's never fought someone, especially this Spidey. That's genuinely there just to kill. Like he's there to cause havoc, and I'm sure there was a lot of police died in that scene too. Like mm. he's genuinely just blowing things up, and he's there just to cause havoc. And for me, that's one of the first times. Like I thought for a while, I'm like, "Shit, this is actually." It's gone down. Like, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, Greg Goblin in the original 2002 Spider-Man, you know, when he was fighting Maguire, it was never this serious enough, the special effects, to make the Goblin look this powerful. But when you compare him to Holland, who is a, you know, slightly younger version of Peter Parker, he's absolutely getting his ass handed to him. And like you said, kind of, it just really shows how strong the Goblin, yeah. you know, Green Goblin mm-hmm. is as a character. Because yeah. he doesn't look that menacing from the outside. But when yeah. you see his strength, he can really... Yeah, hand Peter Parker a new one. Yeah, yeah basically. And obviously, Anime Dying brings us the, with great power comes great responsibility uh, section of the film. What obviously is, um, is, is excellent. Like, I thought that scene was very well done. And where we move forward with it for me was like the really the next part of like, well, what's Spidey going to be like moving forward here now? How's this character going to continue that now he's lost, like he's losing everything? Um, Chad's like, wait, like, did you expect them to do this? Did, did it hit you too, like, hit you hard? Um, well, when I saw um, May in the building, when you know he yeah. gathers up all the villains to you know try and help them, I figured something's going to go wrong. Like, this is not going how it's yeah. going to work. And if Aunt May's in the apartment with these five villains, yeah, I never really thought she was going to get out there alive, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it did tease you a little bit, you know, as she's slowly running down the levels of yeah. the building. Um, but when you see uh, the Green Goblin absolutely, you know, pushing Peter Parker through all these different floors, yeah. um, which is apparently taken from the Spider-Man game, yeah. apparently, in terms of the moveset along this yeah. scene here. Um, but as soon as they hit the ground floor and Aunt May's still there, you think, oh, gosh. She's not getting out of here. No, she ain't getting out of here. <laughs> this is going to have to have some sort of impact on the movie as a greater whole. And uh, unfortunately... Um, I think it, how she, it's never really clear how she dies. It's a kind of a mixture of different things, well, isn't it? I think it's more where we see her, she's, get hit, she's getting hit by the glider and she just gets mm. smashed. I'm guessing she's impaled by some of the um, sort the of debris from the. Yeah, bomb. But I think also, yeah, yeah and then the, the glider itself. So mm. she's, she's dead and, and how we move forward. But I love the happy coming in and those moments where it's like, come on, you just like, get out of there, Peter, now. You've yeah. got to get out. And yeah. th- this is where the film, um, good to see you again, Con. Um, Really hits that next uh, next sort of part where we're, we're pushing on, and we go back to Ned and MJ because yeah, I mean this is pretty much I would say in some regards the halfway point to the film. Yeah, yeah. After uh, Mary Jane, um, not Mary Jane, yeah. uh, May dies. Yeah. Um, so from from that point of view, we now get Ned and and everyone's like, okay, shit, here we go. Um, 
Ned and MJ are there in the house and got to make a decision. They start seeing all this stuff on the news and she's like, well, I've got to just press the button now. I've got to, uh, with this MacGuffin, send everyone back. And Ned starts sort of a bit of, bit of magic. And I know some people are saying this is a bit of a loophole, but I think it's more down to the, the sling ring. Some people are like, well, how's Ned magic? I think the whole point is literally if anyone has that sling ring and they do it correctly, they might be able to open some sort of a portal. They mm. might not be the... Sorcerer Supreme, but I think they have an ability to to open some portals. Um, Doesn't he say something like "Show me Peter Parker"? Yeah, when he does it. Yeah, I'm mm. pretty sure, and that's that's how it kind of yeah goes to that. Mm. So, but anyway, well, for, it shows him it shows them a Peter, Peter Parker. Parker. It's just not the one we No, and, and when we get them come through, I, I feel like obviously we get Andrew first, and that reveal is excellent. Like, and can I just say straight up from the start, this guy, even watching it a second time. This guy's just having so much fun. Mm. Like he's back. Yeah. He's playing his character that he th- he's always been. He's dreamed of playing. Oh, I feel he was even unlucky to lose it, but that's a whole other discussion and story. I thought he was excellent as both characters. You can just tell when he got that phone call, and he's been so happy to tell everyone while he's never in it. Uh, <laughs> it's it's just he's having a ball, and just the way they play off each other before we even get Toby, but. They're like, oh, show us how you're Spider-Man. And just that quippy nature between all three characters of mm. the climbing on the wall, like the roof, like all those sort of things. The grandma sort of – I thought that scene was just really well played, Jets. What yeah. was your, like, oh, well, the, oh, well, let's just say, I just want to say, I've never heard so much clapping in a theatre before. Yeah. You know, there's one when, you know, he's slowly – you know, when Andrew Garfield's slowly coming out of the portal, some yeah. clap, you know, people aren't quite sure. But as soon as he comes out, there's a bit more clap. Yeah. And then eventually he takes off, you know, his mask and then the audience absolutely loses it. So much clapping, so much excitement. Very rarely have I been in the cinema where everyone's just started clapping, mm. yelling, screaming, and you just feel like you're part of it and you're in this movie together. Yeah. I, I, I think it's, it's, it's um, when you sort of not run in circles, but when you pay attention to this kind of stuff as much as we do, yeah. it's easy to forget how much of a surprise this would be for people mm. because I've talked to a bunch of people who've seen it and they had literally no idea this was going to happen in this movie. Like they mm. had no clue there was going to be other spider in it. So I think the fact that they've kept it under wraps for the general public as much as they have is actually a miracle. And the fact that mm. they could pull it off and deliver such a surprise to people is like incredible. Like I can only imagine what it would have been like if we had no idea that they were going to be in this oh. film. Can you imagine like we just lost our minds. Mm. Well, I'm hoping from that respect of that comment, Con, that's what I'm hoping Multiverse of Madness will be like. If like there's going to be some like we've now seen they've brought back these guys, they're not stressed. I think about bringing back a Hugh Jackman type sort of person, but I'm waiting for the like the Chris Evans as Human Torch style sort of thing. Like they're the ones I'm waiting for. That it's like, but I want to feel that. I don't want to know that's happening. So, like you said, for someone who doesn't know this is actually going to go on and happen, would just be the most craziest thing in the world. Like these guys yeah. are here. So then yeah. we. Yeah, it's done so well. The tease, like Jack said, the tease. It's like he, it, he doesn't just jump out of nowhere and surprise everyone. He like edges in. And he slowly takes his steps in, and everyone's like, "Who's this guy?" Yeah, yeah. The, I think the reveal. This is really. It's great. I think it's perfectly on brand for the characters, and I think sure it would have been cool for him to just you know rock it into an action scene and save the day. But I think this actually hits a lot, a lot harder. Well, it hits harder, and also they're in this a lot more than I was expecting. Like it, like they're actually in, yeah, they're actually supporting characters. They're not like said, Colin. They're not just jumping into mm-hmm. the final scene to help out. Like we get fleshed out stuff of not exactly what's been happening to these characters in the last couple of years, but 
we, we, we get backstory, we get conversation, we get uh, like some heartfelt moments. And then obviously Toby comes though. So Toby comes through uh, his portal uh, looking all so old man. Toby got old. Yeah. Toby got old. All old man spider. He got old, but he's still looking all right. You yeah. Know, a few, you know, yeah, 10 years down the track. Yeah. Mm. So he's, he, they come in and they have that sort of, they have that conversation and, and then they have their, what I thought was one of the more heartfelt moments of the MCU completely is that, conversation what i'm guessing is above the school i think that's what it is like it's just above his high school um on the roof there between the three spider-men and there with great power comes great responsibility moments and, and they're sort of like call to arms like like peter one um what's some good banter throughout the film but like uh tom's character like come on like we've all had hard moments now this is when you become become that spider-man um what was your thoughts of that sort of – that's the first part we get of them, of them interacting, Con. Like, it's it's good conversation. They're playing off each other very well. Yeah, it's written super well. Um, and the sort of, you know, they have the – it sort of flows through. Tom Holland's like, you have no idea what I've been through. It's like, no, these guys know exactly what they've been through and it's, you know, they're imparting their life advice on how they move on and how it, the toughest of times also affected them really well. Uh, yeah, it's just – it's super well done and it's sort of like – it's like the – um. I sort of, in my mind, it's kind of like the leap of faith scene from Spider-Verse, but for this film, mm. you know, this is the part where it's Spider-Man starts to, or yeah. Tom Holland's Spider-Man starts to really kind of realise the impact of him being a superhero. Yeah. Like, um, I think in the yeah. films prior, he's flirted with this, but he's never really had something, you know, been this dark and been this desperate and been so Peter Parker, I think. Like, he's been very protected mm. from a lot of this stuff. So I think this is, it's just... It's really well done. I'm yeah. a big fan of that scene. And, you know, the quote with great power comes great responsibility, that quote alone unites these three Spider-Man. And I think it's really good because uh, both Garfield's character and Maguire's character, they reference Uncle Ben in their own universes. And through mentioning that, they help unite, you know, Tom Holland, even though he never, it's never really implied that he actually met his Uncle Ben. But through Aunt May, they can all have that connective tissue through you know Spider one of Spider Man's you know greatest uh, quotes and you know moments of all time, they've all had a, a loss, and I think the one this is probably just because I'm a big fan. It's like Andrew Garfield's talking about how he lost Gwen Stacy is really good, and I think Garfield does a really great job of showing how like he's still not. He, he, it's it, obviously he's coming up at the end of the Amazing Spider Man too, but it seems like he's still processing that trauma, and he's talking about how you know he started he wasn't pulling his punches anymore after that. Like he kind of lost himself. And I find that really interesting because it's almost like giving us more of this character that we yeah. we didn't get because the third movie of this franchise was canned. Yeah. So that's great. Fan service moments. It's almost ticking what we wanted to see as fans, what we, I, you know, wanted them to see talk about if we wanted to see this film. And they're like, they wanted to see them reference, you know, um, yeah, Gwen Stacy, tick, you know, they wanted to say Uncle Ben, tick. We got everything in this scene. All the things we want to mention across all these years if this was going to happen. Yeah. And the scenes that and the scenes that happen after because, yeah. you know, they have the big heart-to-heart and everything and then they become super science bros and it's really cute <laughs> and it's really funny. And it's just like that sort of cheesy side of Spider-Man that you have to – that always comes into play at some point. It's, you know, the boy geniuses working together. And that's mm. also really fun. So they managed to, it works really well, not just in the dramatic moments, but it's a, it's a really fun dynamic between the three of them. Yeah. They find little commonalities and things to banter about. Yeah. And watching it a second time, like, I, I, I love the, like, I thought for a moment, like, maybe this is like edited. So they went on set together, like sort of different things, but they're playing off each other, like really well. 
like just the banter in that and like they're all got their little quips their little moments how they're like um how they're portraying this and just like even the little bits where I'm sure they did thousands of takes anyway, but like when Ned calls Peter and they're just sort of bantering with each other, like that that stuff was really fun and enjoyable. Like seeing that a second time, I'm like, this still really hits. When I was to watch this for the tenth time, this will still hit. Like I, I think this will age quite well. Some of this quippy banter. Because mm. um, should yeah. we go into? Because after the scene, like you said, yeah. kind of on the high school roof. Yeah. They all go. So the next scene is in the lab where they're trying to create antidotes. Or well, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, <laughs> no, 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 I know, but you haven't really referenced where they are yeah, at the time. Um, you know, to create, you know, to yeah. save these villains. And um, like you said, the the bit where they're all pointing to each other, probably referencing, um, you know, the cartoon version. I'm gathering that's what it was when they yelled at Peter and they all pointed to each other. Yeah, that's great. what I mean. Sony, yeah. Sony's own that's, version that's of it. Yeah, 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 the MCU's version yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, just uh, uh, unbelievable fun and and how they're yeah working yeah. together. And then and you get so many answers from the previous Spider-Man too. Because one of my biggest questions was, you know, yours might have been Gwen Stacy. Mine was Mary Jane's relationship with Tobey Maguire's Peter at the end of Spider-Man Three because yeah. it was going through a bit of a rough patch. And you know, I'm, from watching that last scene of that 2007 film, I was never sure if they were actually going to continue their relationship. And during that scene where they once again were all kind of creating the stuff, we finally got our answer. And from looking at it, Tobey Maguire still ended up with a happy ending with Mary Jane. And that was my tick box too, which is good. Jack left the cinema happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so then we move to this, this final battle that we, we get. And this is what we've all been waiting for. And I like – we get this first, and again, I've seen on TikTok and you can go on Instagram reels and, and you can see all this stuff like people are, are commenting on different scenes, but we get them all in their, their suits and they're setting everything up, but then we get about five minutes of just like, just pre, it's like the calm before the storm and mm. it's just the conversation, like the web the web shooters, uh, the different villains that they've fought and just it seems like, like I said earlier, they're just having so much fun being back together now, having these conversations, developing these storylines and I'm just like, this just seems like you must have just had the best time filming this because you're just like, okay, well, like I think Andrew's one has some of the best lines of like, oh, well, I only fought like a rhino in a a rhino suit, whereas Tom's like, well, I'm fighting like a purple alien in space and some of that sort of quippy banter that they've played off, like these just three guys having up like the utmost fun getting back together. And like you said, Con, before, it's so well written. Yeah, I think they're very smartly like, very self-referential, but in very clever ways. Like they could have easily just been like, oh, oh, but then, mm. you know, pointing out the subtle differences between all the versions, but mm. it still works really well with the characters. Like they're all, they've all seen weird shit. So they're all kind of like, all right, fair enough. Like I still have no idea what's going on, but I'm impressed. So it's, yeah, it's just, it's just, there's no, it doesn't drag at all this whole thing. It just rolls on really nicely. Nah, it's the dream conversation, you know, when uh, Tom Holland's talking about, you know, Thanos going in space. He's like, you've been in space? Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't been in space. Yeah. And then, you know, um, Garfield's going on about how he's just fought a guy in a rhino suit yeah. once and how he's not very cool. Yeah. Yeah, just little stuff like that. It's just, yeah, it all, all of more of what I wanted. Yeah. yeah. Um, the first part of this battle, though, is them getting just destroyed because they haven't been a part of a team. And then mm-hmm. we get that little moment of them coming together and Tom saying he was a part of the Avengers. And I thought that was cool, though, to, yeah. to show that, well, <laughs> these other universes, don't have the Avengers mm. yet. Yeah, what I, I always find is like interesting to, to another point we'll talk about later, but like obviously Oscorp's not in the MCU, so mm. all those rumors that they were buying um, the old Avengers building is, is obviously a no. But then they come together, and, and that moment of them after Andrew sort of gives them a hug and goes, Well, 
I love you guys and that was a kind of funny, cute moment. But did you get chills like I did even the second time of them sort of running through the scaff, the three of them, and then them all swinging together? Just looked like I was just like, oh. this, is, this is so good. That's the money shot. That's yeah. the shot that's going to be on the next trailer that comes out yeah. that spoils it all. That's the bang, bang, bang. That's the one we were waiting for. They all land in their Spider-Man poses. Yeah. Oh, it's just it's wish fulfillment. It is. It really is. And um, we obviously with the editing too, you know, I just kept thinking back to those original trailers, what they removed. And it was, once again, it was what we thought. And the leaks were real. With the classic picture of Andrew Garfield leaning over the scaffolding mm-hmm. and the other one linked by John Campbell or whatever the what his name is. John Campier. Yeah, John Campier. It was all real. And so he, if you've listened to any episode of Screen Blend for the past, oh, like, six months, we've anyway. done before. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So uh, not photoshops, all absolutely real. And there was a bit where uh, Andrew Garth was leaning over some scaffolding, having a chat. And I think three seconds of that scene leaked without any audio about five months ago. And everyone thought it was a really good photoshop. But nope, that footage got out. Whether that was Marvel's intention, because, you know, such a high like definition version of that got out so far ahead, whether it was to tease the film or for other purpose, just it, baffling to me. Yeah. Just a lot of uh, yeah, just, new exposure sites just came out in SA. Heaps. Like, oh, <laughs> I was just well, we doing. Got like, well, we got like five hundred. Yeah, we got like five hundred cases today. So, kinda, so yeah, I was just yeah. doing the scroll uh, just to be like, I'm just making sure that I don't have to tell Jack like time to leave. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's just it's it just you know as much as we get that sort of eventual build up, they start us off slow. They 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 introduce the Peter Parkers before they interest, introduce us to all the Spider Men working together. And I think that's what makes it like we've been waiting for that one moment in the film where they all swing together and they're all swinging each other around and whatever and they get the landing. And I think that whole sort of it's about a half an hour or so maybe that build up is just perfect and I can't wait to see it again. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we get what did some... you think of the actual sort of end climactic fight scene overall? Uh, I, I thought it was good. I like, Once they started to sort of work together as a team, obviously you've got the Ned stuff on the outside with, with MJ that's just like they can't close the portal, mm. what, what was good banter for a bit. But as they slowly remove all the villains from the piece and then you get that moment of MJ falling and, and Andrew catching, like that mm. was cool sort of fan. That's another fan service moment. Yeah, I shed, nearly shed a tear there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I thought uh, it was nice. Yeah. yeah, and you get that fan service moment. But then you get the moment of like Peter still isn't pulling his punches. Mm. Um, and you get the final battle uh, on the Captain America shield. What's again, uh, can, again, how lovely that sort of shot is as it is uh, of Green Goblet versus, versus Peter um, or Tom Holland's Peter Parker, and he's pummeling him like he's on top of him. He's pummeling him. He's just like he's going to kill him. And I think he's come to that realization. It's like, well, I'm just going to do it. And then you get you get Andrew no, Toby. You get Toby, and he, and he saves the day essentially. And you go. This is hopefully our Tom now has sort of known, like he's had his chance, didn't do it, perfect. And that was a real lovely moment uh, right there at the end. And I thought it was really redemptive. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think Toby Maguire can relate to, you know, that vengeance and that, you know, wanting to kill a villain after, you know, that vengeance he had for Sandman in the original Spider-Man 3. So he can understand and Andrew Garfield can also kind of have that feeling about it as well after Green Goblin in Amazing Spider-Man 2. So they've been through a villain that they've had this kind of personal connection with and a vendetta against. And so Toby Maguire can relate and almost save the day from, you know, essentially Tom from killing the Green Goblin. But my question to you, uh, while uh, Maguire's defending, well, not defending, but trying to save the Goblin from uh, Tom Holland killing him, he gets stabbed by the Green Goblin. 
Do you think this was needed? Because we never see the repercussions of uh, Maguire dying mm. or being really seriously injured. Was it needed? Gone. I saw it coming a mile away because yeah. um, as soon as he stood in front of the Goblin, I was like, he's going to get injured somehow. Goblin's going to do something. Like, it was pretty obvious. Um, and it, for a second, there, I thought they were also going to kill him. Yeah. And I was mm. like, I did think maybe they were going to, but I'm glad they didn't in the end. I think that might have been a step too far. Um, I think it was. it's just the... I can't, to be honest, I can't even remember what happens after that. He stabs Toby and then does he just get... Garfield cures him? Yeah, Garfield throws him the um, stuff and then... Tom cures him, yeah. I think, yeah. And then Garfield... So I think it's, more like a, it's more like a last little... I think it's, it, I think that was probably an excuse to get Garfield involved, Yeah, I think, in my mind, because it makes sense for Toby to be the one to stop him from killing his original villain. So they needed a way to get Garfield in there, and I think that's probably why they did it. And I think mm. Maybe at some point, too, it's like, well, you can't... In the end, uh, Green Goblin's always going to be like this. He's never... A de- like, if he has a chance to kill him, he's going to no. kill him. So even though... He's doing such a nice thing in not letting him die. Green Goblin's still just a psychopath that he will still probably wasn't needed, and we won't ever see what we might. I just felt like you had to kill him or you didn't. You know, there was a very in between, and we're not sure what happened to Maguire after he got, you know, went back to his retrospective universe. universe, Do they carry the same injuries they originally had, or do they just reset? There's a lot of questions, Shads, that I'm sure we'll never find out anyway. But I I, I thought even just the the little quippy banter of them, like, you're in so much pain, aren't you? And he's like, unbelievable. Yeah. Like, I even thought that was just <laughs> yeah. fun. Like, yeah. just those little things, like those lines that in bad out. movies mm. don't happen. Like, you know, it's just you see that scene, but like just trying it out and having that little bit of quippy mm. banter just made me be like, yeah, these guys are these guys are really having fun and they're enjoying what they're doing. Um, yeah, and, and it, then... And it balances the dark and the light stuff really yeah. well. Like, it, it, it could have felt really... Um, What's the word? Forced. Like discombobulated. Yeah. Like it could have just been, it like felt like you're wildly swinging tones, but it actually flows really well, like the comedy and mm. the serious stuff as well, which I think is a testament again to the writing. Yeah. And I think in, in the background of all of this, so we're continuing to get uh, other villains or coming in like so dr strange is up there at the top of the statue of liberty just sort of trying to stop the multiverse from completely breaking and this gives us our first look in film of literally this sort of stuff uh, coming through and happening and we see then we see rhino we get a bit of craven there's some other villains out there that might be coming through uh what's a cool visual representative but then we get spidey's big decision of well the only way to to reverse what's going on and, and stop the multiverse from literally just breaking wide open is for him to make everyone forget who he was. Mm. So it's sort of changing going back. And I think what you were saying earlier, Con, about Spidey himself is he's trying to save the day. And this is, in the end, it's more about everyone else. Uh, it's not always about he's trying to do that the nice thing for everyone else. So what was your thoughts on this, Jack? And, and obviously pushing forward and, and he does it and MJ forgets who he is, Ned forgets who he is, Happy forgets who he is. Mm. There was one little moment on the second viewing, though, where he uh, Doctor Strange even says something like, we'll miss you or we'll love you or something to Pete. Like he says, we, and I was like, Dr. Strange actually is going to miss this kid now. Like as much Mm. as he's been a pain in the ass to him, everything they've done together, he will forget who Peter Parker, even himself will forget Mm. who Peter Parker is. And and it's sort of a a little line that will go missing. But as I'm watching it, I'm like, that's even really sweet. Like Mm. as much as he hates him or not hates a strong word, but probably just gets annoyed by him. He's, he's still there for him as a friend for everything that they've done previously Mm. in the last couple of films. Yeah, I think the, well, the, the important distinction for this one is that he says, 
it's not the world's not going to forget who Spider Man. Like Spider Man's still there. The world's just going to forget that Peter Parker exists. Yeah. So it's, at least from what I glimpse, like the world still knows Spider Man is there, and they know he was a mm. member of the Avengers and so, he helped save the world. But no one knows who Peter Parker is anymore. Yeah. Like as far as the world knows, he stops existing, and I think that's that's pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a really I think bold choice. Like it's a hard reset on the character. Essentially, it's a good way to like. It almost reads as a good way, like as if Tom Holland wanted to take some time off. Yeah. This is an easy way to do it. Like they can still have Spider Man or whatever, and we don't need to have Tom Holland going around. Um, just, sorry, I cut, I cut Jack off with that. Jack, tell me what you think. Oh no, no, I thought it was a good decision. Obviously, hard for his character, but for audiences, it's a good way to grow Spider Man as a character and Peter Parker as a character moving forward. And like we said in the original episode, now this is. You know, his high school year's ending and we're going into a college phase of what will hopefully be another three-movie deal um, in the same universe and same Spider-Man. And it sets sets up a whole lot of, you know, new ca- potential characters that can come into it as well. And while we may season day and that again, um, you know, I, I think it's a good way to introduce some new characters while still having them in the background. Yeah, I think it's... I also all- love that it's like a... Sorry. No, 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 you go, go. No, go, 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 please, sorry. I love that it takes Spider-Man back to basics. Like, that's sort of what the... Ever since Spider-Man's been in the Marvel, the MCU, it's been a bit of a thing with me, or a a thing that I've sort of... It's been different, that he's not just this, you know, this kid who's going through it all alone, basically. He's had Mm. the backing of Tony Stark and the Avengers and everything. He's had a suit built for him. This is essentially stripping Spider-Man back to the basic the character he's been since the 60s where it's just a guy who's stitched together a suit after getting bit by a spider and is taking on the world and evil on his own and i love that i love that it's going to open up yeah new storytelling possibilities for this character and it just really it takes it it's a real it's a five film build up or whatever to the classic version of the character that we know and love yeah mm. I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'm so excited to see where they can go with this now. And, and the fact is he'll still be a part of the Avengers and they're not changing that. And I'm sure he'll give his show his identity to everyone else, but they'll just like said is they just forget who Peter Parker is. Mm. He's never existed. And that's probably at some point again, maybe in the second or the fifth film of what they're doing, people will start to remember or something will happen or, you know, MJ or something will work through that way. But I also think it gives them, I guess maybe this is a question for for the future of of Spider-Man is what we'd want to see. But I feel like this MJ, they were never going to be able to like break them up if that kind of meant like they were Mm. connected together. Whereas now we can actually start getting some, we could get Gwen in in college. We can start Mm. getting some of these other, like we can get Black Cat. We can get some of these other love. love interests coming forward what for a while i was like well you probably can't bring these other characters in because these two are so connected yeah yeah it'd be interesting to see how long this status quo lasts you know i could easily foresee it not being long like it could be a movie or right at the end of the next movie that's when um it goes back to everyone knowing who peter parker is but i think for the moment it's a really interesting decision Mm. Yeah, with where they go. What what else would we like to see though? That obviously we spoke a bit before, like Oscorp aren't in the MCU. I think that's more of just a contractual uh, thing with Sony, and maybe they have to work out those sort of additional extra characters. Um, but yeah, where where's where, where do we go from here right. with this Spider Man? Like, I think Morbius might leave some clues when it's out uh, next month yeah. as well in regards to this. Yeah. Um, Post credits. Obviously, we spoke about Doctor Strange uh, before, but this Venom stuff. Uh, thoughts, Con? Because in the end, uh, 
I was scared for a moment when we started to see Tom Hardy pop up and I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. Like, I just Me don't too. see these characters. But, again, this sort of – I'm hoping they maybe – there's rumours they bring Andrew back or they want it because of how popular it's been. They could bring him back and have him as the Spider-Man in that universe. Um, I feel like that's just that's just the internet talking. I agree. Like they're just saying that everyone wants it now and they're like, oh, rumours are they thinking about it. It's like, yeah, of course they'll be thinking about it, but they're not – Going to do it. Uh, nothing concrete. Um, anyway, no, I, I think the first thing I texted you guys after I saw the movie, because I saw it a few days later, was loved it. Thank God they kicked Venom out of the universe as soon as they did. Yeah. So the the, uh, the post-credit scene is basically where Venom 2 ended up. Tom Hardy's in a bar. He's been transported to MCU land and he's asking questions about all the superheroes. And that's when the fear started rising up in me. As soon as I saw Tom Hardy twitching and doing his weird voice that he does <laughs> in Venom, I was just like, oh, no, yeah, they're going to... He's going to stay around somehow and he's going to be left here. But no, they punch him out along with everyone else except for a little a little bit of goo, a little yeah. bit of goo that we assume is going to set up the black suit arc and everything. I think, I think that's a clever way to do it. It's a, like a neat little tie-in without 100% meshing the universes together, mm. hopefully. Yes, um, hopefully. But yeah, what did you guys think of it? Well, do they say in the Venom movies, though, that all the symbiotes are sort of connected? Is that like through the multiverse they're connected with... Something, or was that in the post credit scene or something? He's talking about, like, I have all this knowledge and history. Again, we can't really remember because it was shocking. But, like, they say, <laughs> I, I swear he's on in, like, he's sitting on the bed and he's like, well, I can show you all this information of life and history. So, again, maybe they've, why he's seen this Spider Man before, or he's seen the character, like, Venom knows of Spider Man essentially. Like, I'm guessing that's maybe what it is. And they've just sort of yeah, traveled through the multiverse, I'm, I'm guessing. That's how the conversation seems to be leading. Like yeah. right before he gets transported at the end of that movie, the symbiote's being like, I've seen things you wouldn't understand, yada, yada. So he seems to be hinting that he's got a broader understanding of the universe and perhaps the multiverse, although he doesn't say that explicitly. Um, and so that's it. Leading into that is exactly when, the, when he gets transported. And which everyone's been asking sort of like, because the parameters of the spell that Dr. Strange casts at the start of the film is that everyone who knows Peter yeah. Parker is Spider-Man is getting pulled into their universe. Yeah. So now it's like, does the alien know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man? We got a hint of that sort of um, at the end of Venom 2 because he looks at the TV screen and seems to recognise Spider-Man. Spider-Man yeah. So there's a lot of questions, not a lot of answers, basically. Yeah. it's. Uh, I, yeah. Wonder, I wonder if they've thought that far ahead or they're just like, ah, yeah, don't worry about it. Probably not. I think they just wanted us to get really hyped and have something at the end because the only reason people went to see Venom 2 was that post credit scene. So I didn't think much about it, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I feel like that's that was a real Sony push to have that character at least in connected with a Marvel movie. That was probably more them just pushing it that way. Um, final sort of any other discussion points, boys, you want to put forward besides this being? I just gave it a ten out of ten, five stars. <laughs> no, but I think just simply, yeah. just for what they did, like we, uh, it was just perfect. Again, there's moments like we've said, there's plot holes, and that's expected, and it was not fully wrapped up, but. I think generally what they tried to achieve, they completely achieved it. And the fan service they've made and the money they've made, it's it's a bona fide, one of the bona fide yeah. hits of forever. Uh, it's what we expected yeah. and it's what we wanted. And I think it even came out as more than what we wanted, I think, due to the characterization that we got from Maguire and Garfield as well as the villains, rather than just coming at the final moments of the end fight scene, which what a lot of people predicted. Um, yeah, it just, it just topped it all off. And I'll give this... Maybe 9.7. Yeah, nothing's perfect. Seems precise. <laughs> I feel like if I, had one, if I had one little nitpick, I would have loved to see more of the impact of, like, 
the public knowing Spider-Man's identity. Yeah. Because we sort of, the start of the film is chaos and everything and everyone's outside his house, yada, yada. But as soon as, you know, he does the spell and all the villains come in, it kind of, yeah, kind of goes out the window and we don't get to see it anymore, which I, which I think the other franchises have done a really good job in is building Spider-Man's relationship with New York and like yeah. citizens. So mm. I would have loved to see some more stuff with that, how the public perceives this version of Spider-Man. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it probably would have tipped the movie over the edge. And I think this, mm. it lived up to the hype. I know that was the, that was the thing I kept asking you guys, especially in the lead up to this, is, is it going to live up to it? Mm. And it did. And I think that's really awesome. Yeah. Considering this year we've had a cut, you know, we all wanted Eternals to be amazing and that sort of fell a little bit. Venom 2 was just shocking. It's great to have like a, a movie like this that's just delivered and just to cap off, put a nice little surprise at the end of it, a rough year for a lot of people. Yeah, oh, for sure. And, uh, you know, I think the fact that it just throw in all the small moments that we've wanted to see, like I said, you know, I forgot to mention the bit where uh, um, Maguire talks to Doc Hock at the very end when he's in the right state of mind. He's just like, you know, how are you going? You know, he's like... Just trying to do my best, you know, just to throw back to, you know, Spider-Man 2, which is really sweet. Uh, but, yeah, no, I it love was... the part where Norman Osborn goes, I'm something of a scientist myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just a lot of memes and stuff. That was just, oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, it was so self-aware. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I loved it. We just sound like a bunch of Marvel fanboys going on. But I think as a film, it was fantastic. I do believe, though, my thing is, though, I feel like you must have seen the five films, the Garfield, the Maguire films... <laughs> before to fully appreciate this film because uh, if you haven't you'll go and you'll be very confused uh, but like I said a couple of episodes ago too this really uh, helps the older generation you know talking to school kids they've all seen the Maguire films now they've all seen the Garfield yeah. films where if they might have not if it weren't for this third well, film in the front. I went with Haz and he hasn't he hasn't seen the Maguire films so he, what was his reaction? Then? He loved it. He thought it was unbelievable. Mm. He thought it was just a great movie. But, yeah, he hadn't seen any of those. He'd seen the, the uh, Andrew ones, but hadn't seen the Toby like The more films you see, the better payoff you're going to get from it. Almost. But he's gone now and he's, he, I think, he's gone and he's going to go watch all three, like, over like, the next couple of days. He's like, oh, I'll go rewatch them now. And he goes, perfect. Sony right. loved this, you know. Yeah. People are going back to watch their old movies. That, you know, millions of people are going to go back to watch their old movies for a bit of cash. So yeah. it works well for Marvel, works well for Sony, this relationship yeah. and this yeah. movie. Mm. Basically now, uh, anything else, boys? Or, or are we done in time for a bit of show and tell? Just go see the movie. Yeah, time. yeah, and you'll. It's ev- a great Christmas film. It's not set at Christmas time at all, but it's just a nice. Oh, it is a little bit. Christmas. It is set at Christmas, is technically. It? At the end, remember he's oh, gone yeah, past the screen yeah, yeah. in uh, Rockefeller Center. So yeah. some aspects. Are. You're right. Yeah, I was hoping for that connection with Hawkeye, uh, but yeah, <laughs> yes, that didn't happen. But again, everyone go out and see it, and we still got some tickets available. So go share our social posts. Show and tell time, boys. Um, had you finished Hawkeye yet, Jack? Fortunately, haven't. I'm okay, so we'll, six. we'll hold off on that and we'll talk about that later. But uh, just straight up, though, Con, quickly, both you and I have finished it now, watched it like the finale last night. Just give it me your closing remarks on finishing the series without spoiling too much. Uh, I, this series actually exceeded my expectations. I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did. Yeah. But the finale fell flat for me. I oh, wasn't. Cool. A big fan of some of the big reveals or like the way they handled it it just sort of didn't didn't land as well as the rest of the season has for me maybe mm-hmm. i need to watch it again or something but i sort of coming up at last night i was a bit like meh but the five five episodes leading up to that i, I really yeah. enjoyed uh no same sort of thing for me I, I enjoyed the final episode but i feel like there was a little i always think with some of these disney plus shows like they're a little rushed i thought this episode was long enough though and we got some good reveals 
there's a good bit about good bit of action, etc. It just probably it wrapped it up in a bow, but it's a good Christmas present, not a great Christmas present. A little pun there, a little yeah. bow pun. Bow pun. Uh, nice. Thank you, everyone. But I think it was a it was a good, very good finale. And I think, to be honest with you, if I'm ranking them, I don't know. There's been so much content coming out with them this year, but I, I don't know where I go. I would say this is probably the most fun I've had over the Disney Plus show um, so far. Oh, I'll go Loki for that one, personally. Regardless of not seeing episodes this yeah. year, I would say Loki is by far yeah. the most fun. Yeah, I'm trying yeah, to think fun. It's not the best. I think Loki's the best. Sorry, I think I, I like this for fun. Like it's just enjoyable. Mm. Like, um, but yeah, we'll do a ranking when we do when we do our full Hawkeye yeah. review next episode or whenever that is. We'll do a, we'll do a ranking of the uh, the Disney Plus shows so far. All right. Yeah. Sounds sounds good. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Cool. Um, easy. I will. Yeah. Jads, what have you saying? Um, it's been a slow week. Um, I think I'm in the middle of watching uh, Devil Wears Prada again, but I won't go into that. Um, <laughs> great film. Uh, I've finished Halo Infinite, um, so the sixth Halo game of, of the main franchise, and I loved it, and I think it sets up for a lot more to come. And without spoilers, like I said, similar to last week while I was still playing it, go and get this new Halo game, play the campaign. It's very well done. Uh, you know, there are some things that could be improved, uh, but as Halo Infinite implies that it's going to be extended upon rather than a Halo 7 coming out, um, there's, you know, lots of stories to be told and uh, yeah, go out and grab it and the multiplayer is lots of fun too, as Connor and I have realised too. So. Uh, cool. Connor, what else have you watched? Played? Um, actually, I've had a bit, a bit going on. I will finally sat down and watched Catch Me If You Can. Great film, great film. Yeah. Great film. I, I, I don't ever seen bits and pieces of it, but this is the first time actually watching the whole thing and I had a great time. Uh, more than anything, I was just blown away that this guy actually, well, it's based on a true story, so I don't know how much of it is entirely accurate, but if it's anything like the film, that someone actually did this in real life, that's like, that's nuts. And he was like a teenager. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen um, it, Will? No, I haven't actually. <gasps> oh, I finally beat someone to it. I beat you into one of these films. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Um, Watch always, it tonight. It always, pops up, it always pops up on... Um, uh, like your net, is this on Netflix? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It always pops up as something. I love it. Will I? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll watch it. Yeah. yeah, it's a good time. It's it's like a good just like it's almost kind of like a throwback film. Like it's not too dark or gritty or anything. It's actually kind of like fun the whole way through. It's just like a um, I can't think of the word. It's it's like a ah, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue, but it's like you know, it's just it, it's a joy ride. It's kind of like a fantasy, a, a fantasy like a fantasy film in a way. I don't know. It's just, just watch it. It's, yeah. I thoroughly recommend it. Yeah, there's always one scene in the film um, where I don't want to see Will hasn't seen. Yeah, I won't talk about it because I really want Will to see it. Um, uh, but I always question whether you know whether that did really happen in real life. Um, well, there's a few scenes actually. Now I'm thinking about it. But there's one in particular. But I think it's just a. F- I think it's maybe Leonardo um, DiCaprio and Tom Hanks's maybe best performance that they've ever done. Ooh, mm. big, yeah, big client. It call. is a long film. And it does start to sort of drag a bit towards the end. So I will say that. And it kind of like, you're kind of wondering where it's going to go, like mm. how it's going to all wrap up. And it kind of wrapped up in a very different place than I imagined it would. But no, it's still just a fun film, I think. And it's fun for the whole family, yeah. almost. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, cool. I think, is that is that the end, boys and girls? Yeah. That's Merry Christmas from, from, from all of us now. We'll yeah. be back. Um, so uh, as Connor's coined, I think, the blendies. Um, is that what we're calling them? 
the, uh, the Blendies. The annual celebration should... of, the, of the year's best and maybe worst. Yes. Uh, so we've got the Blendies. Uh, over the next week, we will be putting, uh, I think we're going to go with 10. I think the idea is maybe 10. 10 awards uh, that the Blendies will be for, and uh, I've just sort of started putting in some of my answers uh, uh, to the Blendies right now, boys. So, guys, you put together the questions, Con, um, and, and we'll start putting these up on the socials, and I think we'll have a element of fan voting and an element of, of us choosing. So, um, Maybe I've, some Insta stories, get your, yeah. get your votes for the year. Uh, so, basically, my, my idea is, uh, boys, as we're talking about this live, uh, <laughs> we'll all have our one answer to it, and then... We'll have the fans answer to what what we sort of expect, and then we can maybe come together with uh, what we think is is the winner of, of each award. Yeah. So, uh, moving forward from there, and that uh, great time today, lads. Um, yeah, and uh, Merry yeah. Christmas, yeah, to all yeah. our fans. Yeah, what's, we haven't we haven't even discussed that. What's so? How is how's Christmas looking for you guys? We know COVID's COVID's thrown a bit of a cloud yeah. over yours, Will. Yeah, COVID's thrown a, a cloud around sort of everywhere. But again, how the next day uh, comes together will be more interesting for all of us i think over the next couple of days will be um interesting where we where we go forward so uh from from this perspective it's it's just hope everyone's safe over this time they do get to spend time with family and friends in, in, in a safe manner and uh where we go from there and hopefully con your test comes back negative and, and you're all good and uh we're all good from here yeah um, do you guys have any christmas traditions uh, I'm just spiraling. No, no, no. I, I watch uh, normally, depending on how much time we have, I'll sort of watch one of the uh, Santa, Claus mo- Santa Claus movies on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Uh, a big Santa Claus fan. Uh, nothing else, really. Uh, not a huge amount of traditions there. I Mom, usually watch all the Christmas films, you know, up yeah, to Christmas. Yeah. I saw The Holiday at the outdoor yeah. cinema last yeah. week. Yeah. Um, you know, Love Actually. Watched yeah. Home Alone, Home Alone 1 and 2. Um, so I watched Elf last holiday, um, not last holiday, um, last Christmas yeah. um, with uh, Millie Clark, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I'm getting on my way, and then you know, open the presents in the morning as yeah. as I do. But we hate our yeah. families, so you know, it's it's uh, yeah, well, most of them, <laughs> so we don't see them. Fair enough. Fair enough. No, perfect. So it's jolly to some parts with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Connor, where can everyone find you? At C-W-E-J-A-Y-M-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E on Twitter and Instagram and at my house for the next, hopefully not too long. Yeah. Uh, Jads, where can everyone find you? Uh, Jack underscore Mason 22 on Twitter, Instagram and Jackie Boys 22 on TikTok with 239 followers. Far out. That's Watch how it. many bots are on uh, TikTok. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they all follow you. How they lucky they are. Me. And yeah. me at Will B Cuts. As always, you can follow us on the socials at screen underscore blend. Go have a look. Go get your free tickets to Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. That's all you have to do is reshare that post and we will send them out to you and we'll get in contact that way and gives you another chance to watch the movie over the festive period. Uh, go watch Spider-Man, guys and girls. It's a great time. Uh, Connor, we'll hopefully be able to see you soon and Jads and I will have a little festive beverage now uh, and we'll cheers one for you there too, Con. So Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, and, Merry Christmas. And we will see you uh, in the new year, most likely, unless yeah. something major happens. Oh, uh, you reckon? Bye-bye. We'll bye. see how we go. Yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs>